Guys, so today we're going to go over the second candle of Advent, which is peace. But like I told you guys, we're not going to put a spin on it. We're not going to go through the traditional Christmas story. We're not going to go over peace in a, in a sense of how the world describes it most times. Uh, we're going to look at a different concept of peace in the Bible. But I think this concept is really important, uh, not just for the Christmas season, but all throughout our lives. I think you guys will learn something tonight, which is the goal. So Advent, just to kind of give you a brief kind of uh, backing here of Advent, it's not actually what most people think of today, at least originally. Uh, Advent wasn't actually originally scheduled around Christmas time, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll explain. It's, it's a little different than that. It's a different one, but it's a good thought. Um, so Advent comes from the word Adventus, which is Latin. And the word Adventus in Latin means coming or arrival. So someone or something is coming or arriving is Adventus, which is how we get the Advent season, which makes sense to put it as Christmas time because you're celebrating what? The coming of Jesus to earth. But originally it wasn't used for that purpose. So scholars believe that during the fourth and fifth centuries in Spain and in Gaul, Advent was a season of preparation for the baptism of new Christians at the January feast. Uh, the celebration of God's incarnation, represented by the visit of the Magi to the baby Jesus, his baptism in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and his first miracle at Canaan. During this season of preparation, Christians would spend 40 days in, in penance, prayer, and fasting to prepare for the celebration. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, 40 days. Think about that. So, yeah. No food or just uh, fasting doesn't always mean no food. Um, there's different types of fast. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what that looked like, but it probably was different to different people. Um, some people fast from different things, so it just kind of depends. Typically, they do cut out food. Uh, so um, in this though, basically it was around new Christians, and you kind of went through uh, the life of Jesus and his importance of his ministry here on earth and what that means for us. So it's kind of a cool concept. Again, not related to Christmas, but you kind of see how that ties into Advent. Well, the, how we get Advent today is by the 6th century, the Roman Christians tied Advent to Christmas uh, because they believed it was appropriate to celebrate for several weeks the coming of Christ and different things that he would bring to earth. Um, and also to celebrate the second coming that will happen eventually. So that's kind of where we're at today. Uh, and the second candle of Advent, based off how it was from the 6th century on to today, is peace. Now, when you guys think of peace, most people kind of think of like, you know, kumbaya, you know, mellow, chill. You know, that's kind of what people think of peace. Um, meditation. Uh, but that's not always what peace looks like in the Bible. Because Jesus would be called the Prince of Peace in the Bible. And Jesus would institute a season of jubilee and of peace. But Jesus wasn't always just as lovey-dovey, kind of go with the flow person. That's not who Jesus was. That's not who God's character is. Because this is a concept we're going to talk about tonight. Making peace on earth requires having tough conversations and making hard choices. In order to institute peace, a lot of times you have to have really hard conversations with people. And you have to make really hard decisions to bring forth that peace. So before you get to the land of peace or the season of peace or, or, or the uh, existence of just having peace all the time, really hard things have to happen first. 
So peace is not just this lovey-dovey kind of thing. If you really want to be a peacemaker, you have to be willing to do this kind of stuff too. And so what we're going to talk about tonight is some people are peacemakers, some are peace seekers. Here's the difference. So a peacemaker is going to do whatever it takes to formulate lasting peace. Okay, so catch that. A peacemaker is somebody that's going to do whatever it takes to formulate peace that's going to last. Not just peace for, for a little bit, but a lasting peace. So Jesus obviously is a prime example of this. Um, but think about what Jesus did. Jesus came to earth. He took a beating from people. He died on the cross and rose from the grave. So if we put our faith in him, when we die, we have peace with him for eternity. But think about what he went through to institute that peace. And Jesus was willing to do whatever it took to provide peace for us if we trust in him. So the same thing is kind of with a peacemaker. A lot of people don't realize that's what a peacemaker is. Many people in today's society aren't peacemakers, they're peace seekers. A peace seeker means somebody that is always going to take the easy road for peace in the moment. Um, so, for instance, like say your friend is living a lifestyle they shouldn't live. They're involved in some things that you know are not going to be good for them long term. And they come to you and you're like, hey, so, so and so, I'm involved in this now, and you know, I did this this past weekend, and you know you should say something, know it's wrong, but you know if you say something, you're probably going to hurt their feelings or make them upset. And so you're just like, oh, how cool, yeah, that's awesome, I'm proud of you. You know, hope you have fun next weekend too. And so you institute peace maybe in the moment for that person, what you're really doing is long-term damaging that person or leading them to a path of destruction. So a peace seeker is somebody that seeks instant peace. Um, a peacemaker is, again, bringing forth lasting peace. Because if you uh, instead have that hard conversation with your friend and say, uh, look, I know what you're doing, it seems fun and all that, but I just really caution you to do, doing those things because I know if you do those things long term, there's going to be some really bad consequences. I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want to see you go down that road. They may get upset. They may be hurt by, by you calling them out on something. But if they, if they take a moment afterwards and let those words settle in and realize what you're telling them is true, and they decide not to go to that party next weekend, or they decide maybe that guy or that girl really isn't the best person for them, then you just save them who knows how many weeks or months or years of destruction, and you've instituted a more lasting peace after they get out of that situation. Does that make sense? Um, so I want to read you guys off something here. In Matthew chapter 10, it talks about Jesus coming to earth and what he is bringing to the earth. This is Matthew chapter 10. So let me read it off to you guys. So Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 34. Now, again, this is Jesus saying this. So catch this. Listen very carefully here because this is going to put a little spin on peace. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies Will be those of his own household. That seems pretty destructive. Um, now Jesus is not saying that 
I came to make everybody hate everybody. Okay, that's not what he's not what he's saying. Because again, the Bible at first refers to Jesus as the Prince of Peace. However, Jesus said, if you take that verse and really kind of break it down into context, he says, I'm not coming to be a peace seeker. I'm not coming to earth to make everybody feel good about themselves and the lifestyles they're living. I'm coming to preach the truth. So the sword that he's referring to in this passage is the word of God. So he's coming to say, I'm coming to preach the word of God. I'm going to stand on what's true. And the truth is going to hurt a lot of people because the truth hurts those that don't follow in the truth. And so Jesus is saying that when I come and preach the truth, how you're supposed to live, those people that aren't living that way are going to naturally be offended by that because the gospel is offensive to those that aren't following it. But Jesus is saying that although that's the case, those that take the time to understand what I'm telling them is true, to chew on that and repent, to change their lives from that and turn to me, I will give them everlasting peace when they leave this earth. And, and also while they're on earth, I'm going to give them a helper to the Holy Spirit that will give them peace when times get tough. So again, Jesus is saying he's bringing forth a season, a lifestyle, an eternity of peace. But when he brings forth that peace, it's also going to cause lots of division and lots of battle and things like that as well, because those that don't follow the truth are going to be pleased by that. It's going to stink. That's also why Jesus calls us to be salt and light into the world. Because when you go out in the ocean and you haven't cut, it burns. But once you get out of the ocean, a lot of times the salt heals the wound. And the same thing is true with Jesus here. He's saying that the truth hurts if you're not living by the truth. Because nobody wants to be told they're wrong because we have a selfish, sinful nature. But if we allow that truth to seep in, realize that we are wrong and repent, then Jesus will bring us into a lifestyle, a new season, to where we're following him, we have a love, a joy, and a peace that the world doesn't offer. But it, it may sting at first. Now, I want you guys to catch this here as well. Um... A peace seeker will look to tell people what they want to hear, right or wrong. Um, and this is what a lot of churches do, um, especially, you know, during Christmas and Easter. They're like, well, it's a, you know, fun holiday. All the families are getting together. So we're just going to tell people what they want to hear. And so when they come in on Sundays, we're just going to preach messages that are all lovey-dovey. God is love. You know, he loves you guys. You guys will have fun the rest of the week. Now, it's not wrong to preach messages about God as love as he is, but if you never preach the side that without repentance, there's no salvation, and you allow people to still live in the sinful lifestyles they're living in, then you're not really doing them a service. You're actually doing them a disservice, because the longer they live in that sinful lifestyle, the farther they're going to pull away from Christ, and the more hurt they're going to have down the road. And so you're really more of a peace seeker. If you really want to change and give peace to that person, you know, that only comes through a relationship with Jesus. And the relationship with Jesus comes through repentance. And that's how you become a peacemaker. I want you guys to think about another example here. Think about, um, think about your, your life as a spiritual battle. You know, you're, you're constantly, each day, God tells you to what? Wake up and put on the armor of God. Because you're not necessarily fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against principalities, you know, ideas, things that are thrown out in the world that Satan's putting out there that we know are not biblical. And the society's going to eat up. Um, and so we have to stand firm against those things. 
And sometimes Christians think, well, I don't want to stand up against that thing because I don't want to hurt that person or I don't want them to not like me. Well, the truth is you're not called to have a lot of people like you on earth. You're called to love the Lord and have the Lord be pleased with you. And if the Lord is pleased with you, you're going to stand up against things that aren't right. You're going to preach the truth. You're going to fight against laws and principalities and things like that that are destructive, that are dividing people and, and, and taking people farther away from Jesus. And although, yes, there's going to be a lot of people that don't follow Jesus that maybe don't like you because of that, but there'll be a whole lot of people that maybe from what you did turn their lives to Jesus, and that makes it all worth it in the end. Because when you die, Jesus doesn't care about how many people liked you. He doesn't care about how many people did you lead to him. You might have a million followers on Instagram and be supporting all the things the world supports. When you get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, I never need you. Depart from me. If you get to heaven one day, maybe you didn't have a million followers on Instagram, but because of the things you fought for, because of the words you preached, you led maybe 200 people to Christ. He's going to say, well done, a good and faithful servant. Here's your rewards. Enter my paradise forever. That's going to be far, much, far, far more worth it than the earthly rewards you may get here. So I want you guys to think about this. So if that's the case, and we know we have to fight against these things, what kind of truth are we sharing then that's so offensive? And the truth is so offensive, and most of you guys are going to know it, is that Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died. He rose from the grave three days later, and he's alive today. And he promised us that he's going to give us an eternity of peace if we turn to him in repentance. But the truth is, we have to repent of our sins, turn away from them, and turn to Jesus and fully submit to him. And that's hard for a lot of people because they don't want to give up the things they're involved in. They don't want to give up the sinful lifestyles they're living or the jobs they may have that, they, that are really not good. And, and so it's cutting away from those things the world clings to us and clinging to Jesus. Um, but the thing is, that's the truth. That's the only thing that's really going to give lasting peace and love and joy. So during this Christmas season, if you think about the birth of Christ and all he's done for you, remember that if you want, to, if you want other people to experience that, they're only going to experience that through a genuine relationship with him through repentance. So stand up against those things in the world that are taking people away from that. Don't be afraid to have hard conversations. Don't be afraid to rock the boat sometimes because, again, if that person lets that truth you told them settle in, it'll change their life for all eternity. And you'll be a peacemaker. And, and Jesus says in the Bible, blessed are the peacemakers. Those are the ones that he's going to reward. So let me go ahead and pause it here, and we're going to have some discussion.